0: Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today we have Lisa Ryan. Lisa and I are both members of C-Suite Radio. We're also both members of the National Speakers Association. and. You're in for a real treat today because she brings a perspective that I don't think compliance officers talk about at all, let alone enough, and that's employee engagement. Lisa, sorry for that incredibly long-winded introduction. First of all, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me to be on the show.
1: So Lisa, as you know, many of my uh, listeners are compliance officers business executives legal legal types that's not really a profession you come from yet you bring a very unique perspective around employee engagement so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your professional background
0: sure my professional background I actually spent more than 20 years in sales the first part of my career I was an executive recruiter probably one of the few people on the planet who can actually say they sold their mother yeah, so <laughs> Mom actually hated that job, but I said, mother, you've got to stay there at least 90 days because I have a guarantee and I can't afford to give back the commission I made on you. But From there, I went into industrial sales where I spent seven years in the welding industry. And yes, I do weld. And from there, I spent the last seven years of my career in healthcare before embarking on my entrepreneurial journey in 2010. So this is my 10-year anniversary of being on my own.
1: Well, congratulations. Actually, now that you say it, this is my, as well, for the second time I did this. So we're both having uh, some anniversaries this year. Lisa, the the thing that really struck me is there are lots of people who who will mouth engagement, they will use that almost as a platitude. But in researching you and researching what you're about for this podcast, you see engagement as greater productivity. You see engagement as greater institutional justice. You see engagement as better health and safety. You see engagement in a wide variety of ways that many corporations strive to achieve, yet you you're calling it employee engagement. So why do you see engagement as such a powerful tool and why are you so passionate about it?
0: Well, it actually starts with just creating the type of workplace that I've wanted to work at. And there's some companies that do it really well and many companies that don't because they look at things like engagement, of showing appreciation to your employees, of thanking them for their efforts as these soft skills. And I can tell you they are essential skills. When that manager, when that business owner can make that connection with their employees, that employee is going to give a lot more effort. If they are engaging because it's something that they have to do or more of a check mark type of thing or they're saying, why should I thank my employees for doing their job? I mean, isn't that what a paycheck's for? That employee will give you exactly the effort that you are paying them for and actually probably less effort. but they're not giving you the dedication. They're not giving you the commitment and chances are that they can make your life pretty miserable as well as the people around them creating a workplace culture that makes people not want to stay. Lisa,
1: in the compliance world, one of the things that people talk about is having a culture of speak up, a speak up culture that comes from having a mandated hotline system, a whistleblower system, whatever it might be called. And it struck me in listening to you that if you focused on employee engagement, you would go a long way towards creating a viable and vibrant speak up culture and creating a two-way street of communications.
0: Yeah, because people want to feel safe. They want to feel safe that if they go to their bosses because they see a problem, that that boss is going to do something about it. Is that leader always going to like what the employee has to say? No, of course not. But if they know that they have a safe place, that their manager or the owner of the company will take the initiative to do something about it. Because we're wired for justice, and we want to not only be treated fairly, but we want to make sure that the people that we are around are also treated fairly. So from a compliance standpoint, absolutely. If I am committed to your organization as an employee and I see something going on, I care enough about the company to let you know about it. If I'm just there for the paycheck and I don't really care what's going on, you know what? Hey, that's none of my business. Why should I say anything? So it's an extremely critical aspect of compliance.
1: Lisa, the law that many U.S. companies have to follow around compliance is called the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, and it's regulated by the Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission. And they have, over the past 18 months, started talking about culture, assessing your culture, measuring your culture, and improving your culture. How do you see engagement as a part of corporate culture?
0: Too often, Companies think that if they do one employee engagement survey, then, well, I did my job. I found out that they're engaged, and then nothing comes from it. Company culture took a long time to develop, and it is not changing overnight. So when an organization decides to focus on their culture, number one, they have to figure out exactly where they are and be okay with whatever that is. Because if there's a focus on culture, chances are that you know that things aren't quite right. And the time to focus on culture is like right now, when we're going through this pandemic, when it's scary and things aren't always peachy keen. Now we find out what is really going on with our employees. Because if we do a cultural survey, like right after big bonuses were paid, (laughs) it's going to be skewed a little bit more to our favor. So it's finding out where you're at. And making the commitment to do it, realizing that this is a process and not something that happens overnight, and really being committed to that journey, letting your employees know that this is just not another flavor of the week like so many things that they'd seen before.
1: How do you help a company think through assessing their employee engagement and then improving it?
0: It's giving them the assessment itself to start out with that employee engagement survey, probably at the beginning, a more in-depth one, and then putting little pulse surveys along the line so we can keep that heartbeat of the company of what's going on. But More important than that is giving management the tools that they need to actually do something about it. Because if you take a survey and then never do anything with the information, the employees see no action, they see no forward motion, then the next time you come to them with some kind of questions about culture, they're going to be like, well, that was a total waste of breath last time. Why should I do that again? So it's taking little actions along the way and giving those people credit. The employee that made that suggestion, hey, this is what Joe had to say, and now we're acting on it. If there's a reason why you can't act on something, maybe there's a piece of that suggestion that would work. But Showing that you're taking action and, again, providing the tools to do so, empowering employees, empowering managers to take the steps and make the changes necessary for that long-term change.
1: Typically, do you, or I guess I should ask, typically what corporate function do you work with and can everything you've just described be utilized by a corporate compliance program? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I try to start at the top of the organization. I work with a lot of small to medium businesses working directly with the owner and the business leaders, primarily because that's where culture starts. And I don't care what size the organization is. If the culture is toxic at the top and leadership is unwilling to change, that's going to have a trickle-down effect to the rest of the organization. I know when I'm doing a speaking engagement and somebody comes to me after one of my talks and says, oh, my company really needs you. I know that there's a very small, tiny, tiny chance that that company would ever hire me because it's the companies that are already doing things well and want to do them better versus the companies that think that there's some kind of easy button to push it or my employees should just know better. I'm paying them for this. Or if leadership makes it just an HR function and they don't want anything to do with it, it's going to fail. This has to start at the top and go through every single department of the organization.
1: Lisa, one of the things that struck me was you blog, and that blog is available on your website. And one of the blogs was entitled, Today's Leaders Must Be Partners with Their People. How does that concept tie into engagement?
0: Well, it's because the workplace has changed. In the time when the baby boomer ran Supreme, it was a very autocratic type of environment where if you wanted something done, you had to go through the correct change. You had to talk to your boss who talked to his boss who talked to her boss who talked and follow this chain of command where the people in the organization may not even know who the president of the company is. And goodness knows they couldn't have access Now, not only do we have flatter organizations, but starting with Gen X and going into millennial and now Gen Z, they expect access. They expect to be heard at all levels of the organization. And frankly, your newest employees see the world differently. They see your business differently than you do. So, listening to people, what they have to say, how do they see their business, and what changes would they make so that you're coming together the company benefits because there might be some really good ideas that they were so focused and had their blinders on, they would have never considered. But it also engages the employee because now they have that buy-in. Wow, my boss is listening to me. Wow, they're acting on what I have to say. Wow, I feel valued, acknowledged, and appreciated in making these ideas and contributions to my company.
1: Lisa, one of the key characteristics I think that's important for a compliance professional is curiosity. And you wrote a blog that really struck me as talking about curiosity, but it was not curiosity to learn something new. It was curiosity around relearning an old skill. I was wondering if you might tell us that story and why it's so important to maybe step back sometimes and relearn an old skill.
0: It's kind of funny you brought that up because I've just been going through my office and going through some of my old papers and old programs that I went to (laughs) and went through. And it's like you're looking through this stuff going, wow this was really good. Why did I get away from it? So sometimes we have so much knowledge of the things that we can do, and then we go and we chase that next shiny object, or we try that next new technology, or we want to try this new thing, that what we were doing before that was totally working, that was totally part of our skill set, just kind of fades off to the background. So then when we think about it, oh no, okay, I remember taking this program. I remember keeping these notes. Now, how do I start to implement that again? So there's always that being a constant student, not only of the new technology, because goodness knows in the last couple of months, we've become a lot better at technologies like Zoom and go to webinars and having these kind of meetings than we might've in the past. But also knowing that there was a lot of that foundation that we came from that we don't necessarily want to leave behind so
1: a little bit earlier, you talked about several different parts of the process that you utilize when you're consulting with an organization. And I was incredibly gratified when you said it all started with an assessment. In the compliance world, that's exactly what the regulators say. It all starts with an assessment. And from the assessment, you garner information and you can measure where you are and then you can move to improve it if necessary. But I was wondering, within the context of your consulting, do you work with companies on a 6-, 12-, 18-month basis? Do you help them take the steps that you've articulated to improve engagement? Or do you really give them the program and let them do it themselves?
0: You know, it's really client specific. I mean, there are clients that at the beginning, I want to get as much into the culture and talking to the employees and getting that assessment and seeing how it goes. Because if you have leaders in that company that are still kind of fighting the process, it takes a little longer to bring them into the fold to know that this is something that's long-term, that's going to last. I do have programs that they can go on their own that are more the self-study, the done for you. But I really look at every client that I work with and I assess them. Where are they starting and where do they want to be? And what are the signs of success that shows us those benchmarks that shows us that we're getting there?
1: Lisa, unfortunately we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on you or your consulting practice or frankly just how to engage employees better. Where can they go?
0: Okay, well, you can start out with my website, which is Lisa RyanSpeaks.com. You can also send me an email to Lisa at Gratigy, which is G-R-A-T-E-G-Y dot com, and I personally take care of all my email responses. I also am really involved in LinkedIn, Facebook, and I have a pretty robust YouTube channel as well. At My strategy is on YouTube.
1: Lisa, this has been a fascinating conversation, and I hope that we can continue it going forward.
0: That sounds wonderful. Thanks again for having me. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.